everybody, and welcome. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am happy that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. If this is your first time tuning in, know that God honors and blesses those who diligently seek his word and then put it into action. Or perhaps, friends, you're a longtime listener. If so, welcome back. You know, we learn from Jesus that there is power in his name alone. As we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. And you know, we learn in the book of Jeremiah that it says as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. So friends, be prepared to power up your life as you join me and others each week as we explore all things pertaining to Jesus. And periodically, friends, We'll be delving into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, now we're going to prepare to enter into God's presence today. So allow me to speak a blessing over your life. And this blessing is known as a benediction. It comes from Moses' brother, priest Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, today our miracle story is about Jesus healing a lame man by the pool of Bethsaida. And our story, if you want to follow along, comes out of the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm trying to get there, someone else always gets ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat and walk. You see, friends, it was it was think of a first come first serve situation. That's what this man was dealing with. So instantly the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. It's illegal to carry that sleeping mat, he replied. The man who healed me said to me, pick up your sleeping mat and walk. 
Who said such a thing as that, they demanded? (laughs) The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went to find the Jewish leaders and told them, It was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, My father never stops working, so why should I? So the Jewish leaders tried all the more to kill him. In addition to disobeying the Sabbath rules, he had spoken of God as his father, thereby making himself equal with God. Jesus returned to Jerusalem to take part in a holy day celebration. In between the fourth chapter of John and the fifth chapter, Jesus had been ministering in Galilee with a focus in Capernaum. He had been calling certain men to follow him, but it wasn't until after this trip to Jerusalem that he chose his 12 disciples from among them. There were three distinct festivals or holy days which required all Jewish males to come to Jerusalem. The festival of Passover and unleavened bread, the festival of Pentecost, which is also called the festival of harvest or the festival of weeks and the festival of shelters. This man had been living and managing with his problem or condition, as I said previously, for 38 years. It had become a way of life for him. Not one person had ever stepped forward to help him. And we can all relate to that, right? Have you ever been in a time of need where people just pass right by and they don't offer to help? That's what was happening to this man. All hope for ever being healed was gone, and he didn't even desire to help himself. It was almost like a case of learned helplessness. Nonetheless, no matter how trapped we may feel in our infirmities, God can always find a way to minister to our needs. We must keep our problems or our hardships in proper perspective and not allow them to cause us to lose hope in the process. Interestingly enough, God may have special work for us to do in spite of our condition or ever because of it. We learn in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 where Paul teaches us and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Many of us can minister effectively to others who are hurting because we have triumphed ourselves over our own hurts. It seems silly, but according to the Pharisees, carrying a mat on the Sabbath was work and considered unlawful. It didn't break the Old Testament law, but it did break the Pharisees' interpretation of God's law, stating, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What was Moses' teaching specifically here? He was saying, according to the law, the Sabbath was a day set aside for rest and worship, 
God had commanded a Sabbath because human beings need to spend unhurried time in worship and rest each week. A God who is concerned enough to provide a day each week for us to rest is indeed a wonderful God. To observe a regular time of rest and worship in our fast-paced world demonstrates how importantly our God is to us, and it gives us the extra benefit of refreshing our spirits. This is one of the ways that we are freely given God's provision within our lives. Getting back to the Pharisees, saying to carry a mat on the Sabbath, and then calling it work was just one of hundreds of rules that they added to the Old Testament law that was not a law of God. What would your reaction be? Let's just suppose for a minute that you were witness to a man of 38 years not walking to experience a sudden rapid healing where he was completely healed. Personally, I would be thrilled for the man, but not everyone operates with hearts filled with compassion. And we learn that because of the distinction of the Pharisees. They were more concerned with their petty rules than the life and health of this man. And sometimes we get so caught up in the principle within our man-made structures that we forget all about people being at the core nucleus of our issue or the issue at hand. We need to stop and ask ourselves, are our guidelines for living God-made or merely man-made? Do our guidelines help people or are they stumbling blocks to people? What a miracle. What a suddenly. Here this man had been paralyzed for 38 years. The physical healing was all some people could see. But this man was in need of an even greater miracle. He needed his sins to be forgiven. He would need to turn from his sins and seek God's forgiveness to be spiritually healed. The greatest gift we will ever receive is God's forgiveness. We too must not neglect God's gracious offer to freely give us this. These Jewish leaders saw both an incredible miracle and a law broken. They would throw the miracle aside as they focused upon the broken rule. This tells us that the broken rule was more important to them than the miracle. God is fully prepared to work in our lives, but we can shut out his miracles by limiting our views about how he works. We learn in Genesis chapter 2 verse 2 on the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all of his work. Our world is action-oriented. It seems as if there's always something to do and no time to rest. Yet God demonstrated to us that rest is appropriate and right action. If God rested from his work, we should not be amazed that we need rest from ours. Our times of rest refresh us for times of service. 
Mark chapter 6, verses 31 and 32, we learn from Jesus, let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. There were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They left by boat for a quieter spot. Here the disciples had returned from their mission, and Jesus took them away to rest. Doing God's work is very important work, and Jesus recognized that we need periodic rest and renewal to complete it. What would happen if God had instituted the rules that the Pharisees were attempting to mandate? What if every kind of work stopped on the Sabbath? (laughs) Can you imagine that? Nature would fall into chaos and sin would overtake the world. Just because God rested on the Sabbath day does not mean that he stopped doing good. Jesus wanted to teach that when the opportunity to do good presents itself, it should not be ignored, even on the Sabbath. Jesus was identifying himself with God, his Father. There could be no doubt as to his claim as God. One thing Jesus didn't do was to leave us with the option to believe in God while ignoring God's Son. The Pharisees followed and also called God their Father. But they did realize that Jesus was claiming a unique relationship with the Father. In response to Jesus' claim, this left the Pharisees with two choices. Number one, to believe him, or number two, to accuse him of blasphemy. They, of course, chose wrongly and accused Jesus of blasphemy. Today, we're witness to another miracle performed by Jesus, and we're confronted with Jesus identifying himself as God. When we read the Bible or the life of Jesus, We, too, are faced with one unavoidable question. Was Jesus indeed God? Part of any conclusion must include the very fact that he did claim to be God. Our part is to make a decision and choose either yes or no. We agree or we disagree with his claim. When we weigh the evidence, we're faced with the fact that our eternal life hangs in the balance of our assessment. Some of Jesus's specific claims recorded in the Gospels include, he was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, he was the Son of Man, as well as the Son of God, he was the Messiah, meaning the Christ, he was a teacher and master who had complete authority to forgive, He was the Lord, and he alone is Savior. Join me again tomorrow, friends, as we encounter another Sabbath day miracle where Jesus restores a crippled woman. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in God's son, Jesus. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 
For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, what we can do is we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening this relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart, taking up permanent residence. I confess your shed blood washed away my sins at the cross upon Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so the Holy Spirit can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will help edify and build up your faith. Now, let me be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. Friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you may have grown up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and so many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure and exploration of all things Jesus. So please join me. If you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. And occasionally I will reference my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content inspiring or compelling, feel free to pick up a copy at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. But importantly, friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And finally, the apostle John gives us this last blessing coming out of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.